0: Welcome to the Urantia Radio Podcast. My name is Jim Watkins, longtime reader and student of the 5th Epical Revelation. And on this episode, we're going to talk about force. We're going to talk about power and space and all kinds of interesting and fascinating topics that are coming to light, no pun intended, uh, with regards to contemporary science and how it interplays with Urantia Revelation. So, we're going to get to a lot of interesting information, and I hope you'll hang out with me and enjoy the ride as we continue with the Arantia Radio Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... Six one since that matters. And... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble... Welcome to the Rancher Radio Podcast, and I do mean that when I mean welcome. I am so humbled by the wonderful feedback that I get from people who check out the podcast and some of the people that have been listening to a long time. And I always get these incredible questions and comments from listeners, and I may try to find a way to share some of them here. But I want to talk about what's happening in space right now, and then I also want to talk about what's happening here on the planet and uh, some other thoughts that I have to share about the process of death. And death is, a, is a, always a complicated issue. And what prompted it was the passing of a dear old friend uh, who I found out recently, someone who I've known for 40 years and who was in many ways a mentor to me. Uh, he was a fellow broadcaster who had hired me, and through our relationship of employer employee we actually grew to become really good friends and he was about 20 20 years my senior he had a very illustrative past he was a colorful man he grew up uh, in the las vegas area and i got a chance to get to know his wife and his children one time i even dressed dressed up as santa claus to his young children it was a delightful memory and we just kept in touch and he passed away and it was a too sudden. He was a man who took care of himself. Uh, He was inspiring, very active. But it, you know, when this happens, you start to think about things. It just, it has a profound effect on you and you can't help it. it. The effect that it has is obviously inversely proportional to how much they mean to you in your life. And he meant a lot to me. And I was, I was saddened. Uh, because he had just moved to this part of the country where I'm at. And we were then we were within 100 miles of each other. And I had planned on meeting him and seeing him and spending time frequently. But all of that was short-circuited. Uh, and I, I, I think when we talk about death, I, I, and then we're going to get to power and the universe and some of the other stuff that's going on. But I just want to spend a moment with this. Um, because it's an important distinction that the Arantia book brings up how we view death and the process of death. And the question I have for you is what's the greater sin? What is the greater sin? Someone who has chosen to disbelieve in deity, someone who has no conceptual foundation and they don't even want to have a conceptual foundation about religion, And there are a lot of people that don't want to have anything to do with religion. There's a reason they they call themselves the nuns. And I've had talks with fellow Urantia book readers about this. And there's no question in my mind that Western culture is going through a phase uh, where a lot of people, and it's become politically expedient to be an atheist or to be a materialist. So I ask you, what is the greater sin? And I say that, you know, using sin because it's a powerful word and people know what it means. Uh, is what's the greater disloyalty? To not believe in God or not to believe in deity principles or to believe them, but you reject them, which is what Lucifer did. Lucifer rejected the idea of of there being a deity, and therefore the rules don't apply. Why all the rules? Why can't we just have uh, total entitlement to self-liberty and explore our own journey or find our own path? And that is a philosophy that permeates materialism. Materialism uh, or or agnosticism uh, simply says that there is no God and there is no purpose for all of this and that we just have to live our lives. And then there are people who believe in God, or they believe in God, or they believe that there's some purpose, but they choose to ignore it in their life. It doesn't have anything to do with their thinking or their philosophy. They're still a materialist. They don't deny God, but they just don't have any relationship. And I say, what is the greater sin? And what i what do I mean by that? What I mean is, what are we going to be held accountable to? Assuming there is a God, assuming there is an afterlife. Uh, Assuming that we continue on and we retain our personalities and we retain our memory and we wake up uh, and we are in another place and we begin to recognize our previous life and our memories start to come back to us and then we go through the process of seeing others who have made Uh, who've been liberated from the flesh and are now ascendant beings and they're on their way. Well, it's interesting to note that I think the Urantia book defines really three forms of death. And that's what I kind of want to get into just briefly here, because I think this answers the question. So the first kind of death uh, is the brain or the body just ceases to function for whatever reason. Our consciousness is no longer active, and the electrochemical reactions inside of our minds are no longer responsive, reactive. Our life vehicle is no longer a living organism. And as a consequence of that, our brain doesn't function, and our mind needs a place in which to function. So the second form of death it may not necessarily be the death of the body, but the mind is no longer properly functioning because of a disease, some form of impairment that makes it impossible for the brain to function normally. And see, we, And Of course, obviously, we see this with people who have dementia and Alzheimer's or people that suffer catastrophic brain damage, but their body continues to function. Uh, but the way the revelators say is that the universe authorities, they look at that person as being dead, even though their body is still working there's no chance that there's going to be any it's fair to say that the thought adjuster probably leaves the spirit fragment of the father that is in doubt in our minds probably takes exit because the the, the brain of the individual the personality is no longer uh, able to function properly within the mind the body still works but the mind is and then there's a third form of death And they call that the death of the spiritual. And this is outlined in paper 112 in section 3. And it says spiritual death, or what I say soul death, is when a man has finally rejected survival, when he has been pronounced spiritually insolvent, when such coordinate advice has been recorded. Thereupon do the rulers order the immediate release of the indwelling spirit fragment. And this kind of death is final in its significance irrespective of the temporary continuation of the living energies of the physical and mind mechanisms. That's from paper 112 section 3. From the cosmic standpoint, the mortal is already dead. The continuing life merely indicates the persistence of the material momentum of cosmic energies. So what does that mean to reject survival? And that kind of gets me to my point. And I don't like to interpret these, these pages. I like to have you read them. And, but if, for the sake of our discussion, what it means is if you're rejecting survival, it means that you do not believe in the plan. You are not subscribing to the plan. It is not the plan that you believe is possible. And therefore, you have adopted a philosophy of life where you cut yourself off from that spiritual insight, that spiritual thought of the continuance of your being. And so, in, in many ways, it's a form of spiritual suicide. Now, a person who is not spiritual would not be concerned that they are cutting themselves off from the universal mind because they don't even believe that it exists. So, how many people do you know who have adopted this philosophy? How many people in positions of authority adopt this, this general secular position and in no way will accept the idea of spiritual survival beyond the moral state? Well, I hate to break it to you, but there are a lot of people in the world who do reject survival. They don't want to have anything to do with it. It is the adoptive way of thinking for many cultures, and it goes. It explains why, in certain cultures, religion offends them. Why people get offended. It's interesting that certain religions are more offensive than others. Christianity seems to really offend people who are of a progressive or a scientific mind uh, and they believe in scientism which is that everything can be explained with science if science doesn't explain it it doesn't exist So, but then you have governments like China and North Korea, I was just reading the BBC has a new movie out about what life is like in North Korea from people who have escaped and and I've of course seen I've read two or three books on the subject and, and seen YouTube videos and it's it's unbelievable. In fact, if you go back to my early, early episodes, you hear me sort of reference. And there's a bit of panic because uh, just thinking that there's 50 million people, probably more than a, a a billion people on this planet who are suffering, specifically because they put their faith in God. And uh, that's just, it takes, it takes your heart away. But atheism and the refutation of deity is a philosophy of living. One either believes conscious life has a continuance or they don't. One believes either they will be held account for our actions on earth and then the conduct of such a person has value. If one believes there is no possibility of survival, then every act on earth reflects that philosophy. I believe there is no greater choice of a human being with so potential to make. And that's why I bring it up, because the Urantia book is a revelation. It is telling us, it opens the door to this grand perspective of, of survival, of continuance. Uh, I was just watching this Dick Bain uh, thing he did on astronomy. You might want to look it up. It's easy to find. Just type in, in your search engine, Urantia astronomy, and you'll find a presentation he has on Pinterest. And boy, the the grandiose size of the universe is just humbling. When you think of how much there is in, in the grand super universe, it is humbling. And the Arantia book fills in what that whole universe is about. Interesting. So we're being given a book. It's not popular. It's not, it's growing, but it's not in the mainstream. And it's a shame because I think, A lot of people, like I I, I was thinking, you know, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, who I have a a lot of respect for because of his entrepreneurial spirit and his insight, he could use the Arantia book. Think about if we had these people in very powerful positions who could adopt the Arantia book philosophy. He, He wouldn't want to build and try to come up with this idea of moving people off planet to live on the moon or live on Mars uh, if I, I, think if, if someone, I, I was talking to that, a uh, friend of mine who's been on the program about, uh, projects that he wants to do with your rancha book. And I said, well, you got to try to find venture capitalists, uh, people that are willing to invest because this book is so cutting edge. And if you get the right people, they'll help you with your projects. And I said, man, I'd love to get this in the hands of Elon Musk because his worldview, the worldview of a lot of these people that are in great positions of authority and power is actually devoid of God. They don't know this plan. They don't know the Morancha life. They don't know about the formation of the nebula. Uh, and they continue to pers- the persistently reject the idea of it. Because science has, has convinced them that if it can't be proven, then it must be rejected. So a lot of people will, will come up with the argument, hey, look, if I don't believe in God and I'm wrong, you know, what will he say? And, and I think that's the thing that they miss, is that you have to be committed to the idea. You have to have some cosmic perspective, and that's what I think the Arantia book Aims to do is give us that cosmic perspective, and uh, it's it's quite amazing reading about force organizers and uh, power force directors. And if you if you open the page of uh, part three of the book where the Urantia Book talks about the beginnings of our universe and the beginnings of our solar system, I I, I find it hilarious that there's an there's a mention of the fact that before our universe was brought into existence, Michael's creation of Nebadon. Before that, uh, they sent out an inspector, a spiritual inspector, and these uh, these these sentinels go out and they survey the land, in the, in this case, the cosmic landscape, and they make a determination: is is there enough space? And are the conditions ripe for Michael, uh, number six, eleven, one twenty-one, to build his 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 local universe of Nebadon? And these inspectors are ac- actually the offspring of the Trinity spirits, and uh, I believe it could be the Mother Spirit, the Infinite Spirit. So these are. Beings that are created for this specific purpose. Just like, and and I want to just pause on that. The Urantia book goes to great lengths to explain that there are all these different types of personality types and they have a specific job. They They have a specific function in the universe. You have divine ministers, you have ancients of days, you have solitary messengers. And these are all terms that are descriptive of what they do. And it's not so different from human life because we have people that were born and they have incredible music talent. And so they get into music and they provide music to the world. You have people that are mathematical geniuses and they, if they have the proper conditions and life works out for them, those talents that were born are then put to use in that area of their expertise. So it's not unlike the human condition, that you would have creation filled with people who have specific talents, specific purposes, specific jobs. And this one uh, associate inspector just happened to go out and pull a permit. It says that in the Orangia book. He actually filed a permit and reported his findings to the ancients of days. And then several billion years later, here come the construction workers. Here come the power force organizers. The All these... All these beings that have certain inherent abilities and they begin the spin. They retract or retreat from the right and it causes a a moment where there's a whirl of energy. And from that initial spin comes a great nebula that spits out almost a billion suns. That's amazing to me. And that provides to me a landscape that I think someone like an Elon Musk because it's a lot more logical. Elon Musk could conceive of that. He could say that would be something that would be legitimate. Because then it takes the mystery and the superstition out of religion. And it moves it to the side. And it integrates science, faith, philosophy. So, And there's new discovery going on. They've just come out with two reports. They're now identifying proper exoplanets. And they're discovering, just as the Arantia book outlined, that life might be more... Uh, 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 there would be more life if we could find it. Let me put down this. Life is more likely to occur on smaller satellites of larger planets, which is exactly what the Arantia book says is common in our universe. Life Always seems to appear more commonly on smaller satellites of larger planets, not necessarily like us, where we're a smaller satellite to a sun. And that's something that the James Webb Telescope is revealing. Also, they're finding that there are large clusters of smaller galaxies that encircle and move around. This is a new discovery. That you can find. If you go on urantroradio.net, I have a column that has all these new scientific articles that are being released every day. So, again, our science is showing us the, the view of our universe, which is more commensurate with, uh, with the Urantia book. And that's where I think we'll leave it today. We've spent 20 minutes talking about a lot of deep things. Uh, and, and again, just kind of a recap you know, it does matter. We have to be in the game to win. Uh, I believe that the greater offense, you know, we talk about the greater sin, is to not know about God and not know about the beauty of deity and the supreme being. To me, if you're ignorant and you don't know, you can't reject it. But if you reject the idea of deity, that to me, I think is the greater sin. And I also think that is our greatest challenge right now as we have people who have rejected even the notion of living in a universe that is filled with life and they're satisfied with just the material realm and that, set, that to me seems I think rather sad so we'll leave it there and I appreciate you stopping by don't forget you can always email me Book Radio at gmail.com Book Radio at gmail.com next time up we're going to spend a little time I think talking about well an interesting story about race we'll pick up that subject again just a little bit on the next episode stay tuned